0: I'm Brenda Rudiger, your host of Tomorrow Needs Tech, a podcast that explores events happening on campus and takes a deep dive into topics like leadership, sustainability, entrepreneurship, and innovation with prominent alumni and university leadership. Today, President Rick Kobeck and alumnus Dave House are joining us for a conversation about the future of technology, and particularly the future of Michigan Tech as it responds to the rapid innovation and the challenges that come with this explosive evolution of technology happening all around us. Dave Rick. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. First, a little bit more about our guests today. Let's start with you, Dave. For our listeners who don't know, Dave House is a 1965 electrical engineering graduate. But that just scratches the surface. Dave, why don't you tell us a bit about your career path?
1: Well, uh, I left Michigan Tech in 65 and went to Boston, where I got my master's degree in electrical engineering at Northeastern University. But I worked full time during that time at Raytheon First uh, designing the first computer-based uh, traffic control system for the United States, for the FAA, and then uh, went to uh, Honeywell Computer Control Division and designed a minicomputer. Left there and went to Southern California, and was director of computer development at Microdata, making mini computers. And then in uh, early 1974, uh, I joined a small company in Silicon Valley called Intel, uh, and uh, was running application engineering and soon had marketing and applications uh, responsibility and then marketing for microprocessors and then general manager for 13 years for microprocessors. I took over microprocessors when it was $40 million a year losing money, and I ran it until it was $4 billion a year, making more than 100% of the corporate profit. <laughs> I then was chief marketing officer when we launched the Intel Inside program. I was... Uh, uh, Chief Strategy Officer for two years, and then uh, ran the server business for two years. Uh, at that time, we had less than 10% of the server market, and today Intel's got uh, high 90% of the uh, server market. I left there to be CEO of uh, Bay Networks and um, took the market cap from $3 billion to $9 billion in two years and then merged with Nortel Networks and became president of Nortel. Uh, I left that after a year, and uh, my timing is right because I could sell my stock at the right time. And uh, (laughs) uh, then I became CEO of Allegro Networks and uh, finally spent the last 12 years of my industry career as uh, chairman at Brocade Communications. We sold that to Broadcom, and in the last uh, year and a half, I've dedicated myself uh, to helping others in charitable uh, activities and having fun and traveling the world.
0: Also joining us today is Michigan Tech's president, Rick Kobeck, who joined the university last July. Rick, I'm sure our listeners would like to learn more about your background and what brought you to the UP.
2: Well, as you said, I started here as president in July, moving from Louisiana State University, where I was the provost. But most of my time had been spent in the Midwest at Purdue and then at a school called Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio, and at Penn State, where I was head of industrial and manufacturing engineering. So the question is why the UP? When I was graduating with my PhD from Purdue, many of my friends or several of my friends were looking at job opportunities and so a couple of them had job offers at Michigan Tech. And I thought at the time, how awesome would that be to be able to go to the UP and have an academic position? So it took a long time, but I finally made it. (laughs) But the reason I, I mean, the main drive for me was that given what's happening in the nation, we're gonna talk a bit about the fourth industrial revolution and what's happening in higher education. There are very few schools positioned like Michigan Tech to have an impact and lead the future for American higher education. And so this is really you might the overuse phrase once in a lifetime opportunity, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for this university and I wanna be a part of that.
0: So for the past several months, the campus community has been involved in conversations around the future of Michigan Tech, collectively called Tech Forward. Our faculty, staff and students have brainstormed ideas and initiatives that the institution can adopt that not only responds to the forces of the fourth industrial revolution, but positions the university to be a leader in this new technology-based economy. One theme that's taken hold has focused on data revolution and sensing. Dave, you once shared with Rick your thoughts on the five disruptive forces that everyone must grapple with in the coming years and why it's important for the university to be prepared to deal with these changes. Would you care to elaborate on those?
1: Well, there are uh, a number of things that are happening simultaneously that are really changing the world. The first one is sensing technology, whether it be in our, our phones, or it be in the Internet of Things, or it be in our cars, or it's the fact that there are cameras everywhere. Uh, There's temperature sensors, pressure sensors, motion sensors. Every kind of detector you can imagine has been created by technology. Uh, And that's gathering information continuously. There's an explosion in these devices. Second factor is networking. These devices are all interconnected increasingly this network is made of uh, wireless connections whether they be wi-fi or near field or bluetooth uh, or all the various technologies uh, 5g fifth generation um, mobile technology being probably the most important of those but uh, these are then connected to these backbones that we don't see that are fiber-based that allow this information to be aggregated into a single place and then the fiber-based connections that connect all of the servers, thousands and ten thousands and, and hundreds of thousands of servers, uh, which uh, basically create uh, the, the death of distance. Everything is available at one place, and we've got this explosion of networking technologies. Uh, this gives rise to the third factor, which is big data. Uh, The fact that all of this information can be gathered in one place and we have more information um, uh, from the sensors and the clicks that you have and your behavior and where you're located. Uh, uh, All this information is coming together in this enormous database about everything. And there's an explosion of data. And then the the fourth factor is uh, the techniques and the algorithms to analyze this called artificial intelligence, uh, neural networks, uh, uh, machine learning, deep learning, these various technologies that allow machines to extract knowledge from data uh, in much the way our brains do it, but in a much larger scale, uh, such that machines can learn things today that humans aren't capable of learning. So there's an explosion in the use of of these uh, artificial intelligence technologies and the fifth and maybe most important part of this is a human being if this didn't happen uh, if the human wasn't part of this equation we would be in a different world but really the impact of the the positive and negative impact but the changes that are happening to society and the way that we're organized and the way that that we're governed and the way that we work and the way that we communicate and relate to each other uh, uh, is totally being disrupted, and there's an explosion in that area. And I think these five factors together, sensing, uh, networking, big data, artificial intelligence, and the impact on humanity uh, are the essence of the fourth industrial revolution.
0: Rick, I know these disruptive forces that Dave has talked about have been an anchor point in the tech-forward conversations. How has the campus responded to this need to change and adapt?
2: Well, Dave describes quite a future, but actually I think he's describing where we might already be. And the reality is the students that are graduating today, and Dave and I were just talking about that, they're going to be, in 20 years, they're going to be taking jobs that don't even exist today. And so the rate of change that we're dealing with is continuing to accelerate. That means that our our campus, as a premier technological university, has real opportunity to reconfigure itself to lead in the fourth industrial revolution in the same way that we have done in some other, you know, the third the third industrial revolution. But we have to act, and the campus has been doing that over the last six months. The campus got together and went through what we call the tech forward process which is where we tried to envision what we need to look like and how we need to educate students for us to succeed and lead in the in the
0: future that Dave just described to follow up on one point dave how do you feel michigan tech is positioned to deal with where we are going
1: well michigan tech is in a very fortunate position in that it the world is coming to michigan tech technology is the future of the world technology is permeating every aspect of our our lives. Michigan Technological University is a technological university, so strategically we are in an ideal uh, uh, location or, or or capability or market. Uh, the world is coming to us. The question is, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to fumble the ball? Are we going to strike out? Are we going to stay in the past uh, and be in a operate in a world that no longer exists? or are we going to move to the future? Are we going to move to where the ball is going? Where the, are we going to skate to where the puck's going to be, as, as Wayne Gretzky said? Uh, uh, and that's the decision the university has to make at this time.
0: Could you elaborate on the skill sets that our students are going to need in the future and how you think the new College of Computing at Tech will help prepare them?
1: Well, computing is penetrating every aspect of our lives. It is no longer just the tool for engineering or the tool for science. It is the tool for advertising. It is the tool for art and entertainment. Uh, it is the tool for medicine. It is the tool for the environment. Uh, it is uh, in every aspect of our life. So. Computing in many ways is different than our traditional physical sciences, uh, which tend to relate, you know, chemistry or mechanical or electrical to a particular uh, area. <clears throat> it's more like uh, language. Uh, you can't exist uh, without the ability to communicate and to, uh, to succeed in life. You must be able to understand speak, write, express yourself in clear ways. And that is true whether you're in uh, arts or sciences or any field that you're in. And in the future, you're going to have to be able to speak the language of computing, no matter what it is you do, because it's penetrating everything. And so uh, uh, the world is... X plus computing.
0: Rick, could you talk about how the university is addressing preparing our students to have that computing background, but also the necessary soft skills and agility to adapt to change?
2: So Dave referred to the new College of Computing, and I want to talk about that for just a second. That was under one of the nine initiatives under Tech Forward. But with regard to agility, what will be different about that College of Computing will have permeable boundaries they referred to the fact that faculty, students will need to know computing plus. So it'll be your major plus X, music plus computing or history plus computing. And so there will be the responsibility and the opportunity of this new college to be able to educate the entire campus with regard to computing skills that they're going to need for their particular discipline, which means there'll be a lot of joint appointments, joint faculty lines, as I said, permeable boundaries between that college. Having said that, Michigan Tech is a research institution, which means that we also need to lead with regard to computing research and new advances in that regard. So, likewise, the new college will have the depth to keep us and our faculty on the forefront in that place. A second part to your, you know, to your question relates to the undergraduate curriculum, and we have an outstanding, outstanding experience in the Pavlis Honors College. And it is designed around helping to be sure that the students can remain agile and change over time, not just not just giving students a special smaller section of a class and they get extra homework and now you got an honors college experience. That's not it. Our honors college is about helping them as individuals to be able to adapt in a world of constant change, which in my opinion is going to be one of the attributes of a truly successful employee moving forward. Now, the next step for us is to figure out how that skill set can be implemented across the entire curriculum, not just a small subset. And I'm very excited that next year, we're gonna take on that challenge and through with the support of the Dean from the Honors College and the Provost, map out a course so that the Honors College experience in one way or another are going to impact all the students on this campus, which is they'll be agile when they graduate.
0: Dave, let's talk more about the ways that technology and computing are going to affect society in the future.
1: Well, I think the first big uh, change is the one I spoke about earlier. Computing is invading every part of our lives, and it's becoming uh, the, the the language of every aspect of, of, of living. Uh, the second big change, I think, is that impact on our work and our employment Uh and therefore on education, and that it is going to change the nature of all work. And uh, it's going to, uh, the the rate of change is going to require more entrepreneurialism, more, more creativity, more change. I worked 23 years at Intel. None of our graduates are going to work 23 years anywhere, or almost none of them. And uh, the nature is going to be more Uh, changes, and uh, as Rick mentioned, uh, uh, probably 80% of the jobs our graduates from 2019 will have 20 years from now don't exist today. And so agility and ability to reinvent yourself and recreate yourself, I think, is the second biggest change going into the future. And I say the third one is really a a, a societal change, we, we've we seen in the 70,000 years that Homo sapiens have lived on this earth uh, two major transitions in the past. One was the agricultural revolution <clears throat> from hunter-gatherer uh, to farmer. The second was the industrial revolution from farmer to factory worker or uh, resident in large cities and working in large complex uh, corporations. And I think we're seeing a third uh, change, major change in uh, life with the uh, artificial intelligence, Fourth Industrial Revolution, uh, the, the the changes we've been talking about today. And they will change society completely as the last two major changes have. And we're going to see uh, the laws change, the rules change, and how the norms change, and how people operate, how people communicate, how people are governed is all going to change. And we're seeing that at the beginning of that now with... Uh, the discussions about regulating social media and Facebook and and uh, privacy and who owns your data and how your data uh, work. And uh, we're going from ownership of, of real estate in physical world to real estate in cyber world. And <clears throat> the societal impacts of that, uh, the ethical impacts of that. What's ethical now? What are the rules for how people – engage with other people and and organizations engage with other organizations. How does the world operate from a people standpoint? The social impact of this, I think, is the third major change.
0: Rick, how is the campus addressing those concerns? Well, first, to leverage off of Dave's last
2: point, you know, if you look in the crystal ball where we would want to be in the future is that we will be a strong technological university. That means that while we will develop that technology and teach the technology, we'll do that with the students and faculty understanding the implications of that technology, whether it's environment or it's the healthcare component or it's the social political impacts of technology. So as Michigan Technological University, we wanna be in a position where we're leading as thought leaders in that, in that regard to Dave's point. Secondly, it will certainly impact what we teach. We talked about that already today, the CS plus X issue, whether it's history, whether it's music, whether it's sociology, whether it's mechanical engineering, the computing piece will be the language that all students must master to be successful in their careers. And then the third crystal ball change you will most likely see is not just what we teach, but how we teach. And obviously, just as the fourth industrial revolution is going to impact the employers that hire our graduates, it's going to impact us as a university. And the way that we deliver our curriculum and, you know, anytime, all the time, anywhere, everywhere type of education that we're going to have to adapt to ourselves is going to be critical for our success in the
0: future. Dave, Rick, this has been a great conversation, and I appreciate both of you sharing your thoughts on these important topics.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning into Tomorrow Needs Tech.